No matter where you are in the world, it's time for a new CMO Convo. We're back with another big talk packed with advice on how you can succeed as a CMO. We're joined by Karen Peterson, CMO of Lendio, and we're examining the seasons of being a CMO. What cycles and factors can affect your ability to operate and succeed? And how can you plan for different phases? Hoarding nuts and hibernating during the downtimes of winter? Relaxing on the beach with a cocktail as you bask in the glory of summer? Listen on and find out. Hi, Karen. Welcome to CMO Combo. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for being on the show. Uh, the show will be nowhere without CMOs like yourself contributing to it. So always happy to have a new face on the show or a new voice even since it's a podcast. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the seasons of CMOs and how how your time as a CMO can fluctuate depending on what's going on around you and how you respond to those kinds of things. But before we get into that, that subject, um, Karen, could you maybe introduce yourselves to, your, to our audience, tell us a bit about yourself and why we're speaking to you today? I'd love to. So I am the CMO at Lindio, and Lindio is a small business solutions provider for all things around financing. So we help to even the playing field and make sure that small businesses have access to the capital that they need to both survive and thrive and and grow. So uh, it's been a really rewarding business to be in. The mission is something that is near and dear to me as I, um, my husband has been a small business owner for many, many years. Uh, previous to that, I was the CMO at a company called Brainstorm. And um, before that, I was at Ancestry for a bulk of my career, really grew um, to be the ultimately the CMO before I left. So longtime CMO, absolutely passionate about marketing and all things. Um, one of my very favorite subjects to talk about. I honestly can't imagine people choosing any other career because it's so rewarding and so fulfilling. At the same time, I'm glad they do because some of my best partners are in disciplines all across the organization. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, and it's good that small business loans is the, the company that you're in at the moment. Cause I think that's got to be something that's, that's felt the weight of a lot of external factors in the last couple of years. I'm sure a lot of small businesses have been struggling. So being aware of those external factors has got to be a big part of your role at the moment, I'm sure. Oh, I mean, joining Lindio in 2020 was, uh, you know, typically when you join an organization, especially at the CMO level, you need to pick up the pace really quickly and make sure that you are um, at pace, if not pushing the organization. This was one of those moments where the organization was running so quickly to try and save uh, small businesses during you know, the, the beginning of COVID and when the Paycheck Protection Program was just launched, that it was it was like joining at, at such a rapid pace. Um, I've never experienced anything like it. Super rewarding, again, um, wild to join at that moment in time. Um, talk about a season of a CMO <laughs> and, and how that was. Um, they were full steam ahead. And so joining right at that moment, um, there was a lot to catch up on really quickly. There was no time for kind of your normal, slow onboarding, paying attention, learning the organization. It was just get in and start um, helping right away. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah, it's got to be a very difficult time to join an industry that an industry like that at any level, let alone coming in at the CMO level. Like, there's a lot of responsibilities to take on very quickly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the last two years, especially over the last year, with so many people changing roles. But at the beginning of 2020, 
I mean, nobody knew what was going on. It was so different. And, you know, I was the first CMO that had ever been here at Lindio. So it was not only coming in and seeing what was necessary at the exact moment that I joined, you know, very kind of responsive to the market needs. But it was also how do you dual track and make sure that we are planning for the future and we're creating a broad enterprise level marketing team that is set for growth and long term change. So exciting. I bet it was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it ties into what we're talking about today. And it is the sort of like the seasons of CMO. Um, Before we sort of dig into what we mean by the seasons, was this was this something that you've had in your mind about how to be a CMO for a while? Isn't you developed fairly recently? Like, how did you come about thinking up this sort of way of addressing the CMO role? I honestly think it's been based on more of the experience that I've had and then kind of looking back over time and seeing, you know, with a broader perspective how things have evolved and changed and then also starting to see patterns. So now that I have been a CMO in multiple companies over, you know, the last many years, I now see how there are so many things that are wildly different, right? Every marketer knows you have to get in and understand your customer, your industry, your market, and everything that is specific to that particular company role. But also there are so many more parallels and similarities that you start to see patterns over time. And that's partly because you know, teams evolve and grow and need different things at different points. I tend to have always been at growth companies and you start to see those inflection points. And even though the circumstances might be different, the actual situation starts to feel familiar and you start to see patterns. Um, And even, you know, through the years, one of the things I've thought about is how people will respond to a certain set of circumstances and then swing the pendulum really far the opposite direction. And then you kind of overcorrect and then you swing it really far. And one of the things I think that I've tried to pride myself on is finding how to not be so extreme and finding the solution in the middle that actually has more longevity. And, so, and that, oh, go on, sorry. Go on, Karen. What no, no, please. It's just, it's recognizing that kind of pattern yeah. that allows you to do that. Of course, of course. And being aware of those patterns also allows you to respond to those patterns more effectively. Like if you know there's going to be ebbs and flows, you can plan ahead, hopefully. I mean, the last two years have taught us a lot about being prepared for unusual circumstances in just about every industry. So being aware of these potential changes should set CMOs up for better things in the long run, hopefully. Right. Right. I, I completely agree. And, and again, that's why I love the, I love the concept of seasons anyway, <laughs> just something I'm, I'm passionate about having, I grew up in Virginia, you get all four seasons, you know, everywhere you are, you have those kind of seasons. Um, and, and like knowing what's ahead after the certain season you're in always brings a lot of, um, I guess, hope and, and perseverance and everything else in the times where it feels kind of hard. Like sometimes some of those moments can feel kind of hard, but knowing that what lies ahead, knowing that any kind of big change requires some discomfort. When you start to know that, then instead of reacting to the moment where you're like, this feels messy and this feels hard and, um, there's not clarity. And then you start to take a step back and go, okay, well, that's normal. Cause that's what happens right before there is clarity. And that's what usually happens right before you really understand that there is a need for uh, alignment and focus and vision. Um, so that gives me a lot of ability, I think, to ride those waves 
without overreacting or, you know, keeping it really calm. Definitely, definitely. And keeping a level head in those situations has got to be absolutely invaluable as a, as a CMO or as a leader in any kind of position, um, particularly in businesses, particularly with everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, so right. in case our audience hasn't guessed, we're breaking things down into four seasons because in the Northern Hemisphere, we have four seasons. Um, so we're doing winter, spring, summer, and I'm going to, excuse me if I say autumn too much, that's what we call it on this side of the pond, but call, I'll try and My daughter's fall. name is Autumn, that's how much I'm passionate about that season, uh, yes. so. Okay, cool. Let's, <laughs> if you don't mind me, let's let's go with autumn, because fall, I, I always, I always, damn, I always fall over <laughs> when I try to say it, but yeah. let's, let's go with autumn when we can. Um, so, um, probably makes sense to start with winter. A lot of people have been going through winter right now. What does it, what does winter mean for CMOs in the context of the seasons? Well, you know, there, there's two sides of winter, I will have to say. So I don't want to make, we're using this framework because I think I love frameworks and it's helpful, but obviously, you know, winter is one of those times where you're kind of hunkering down. If you, if you think about, you know, even animals and everything go into hibernation. Um, it's also a, a season where there's a wild amount, particularly because we're based in Utah. I always think of these um, incredible outdoor active sports and it's very active. So it's not all, nothing, nothing that we say is going to be all of this extreme. It's not all, um, all hibernation. It's also a lot of activity, but you know, and winter tends to be when you are kind of hunkering down and preparing for some kind of growth. So in this mindset, what I was just even talking about is, you know, there are, there are times when Every CMO is always trying to balance what the short-term revenue goals are with their long-term needs. If you look at it, it could even be based on your near-term performance indicators versus kind of investment and branding and those types of things. But I would say you always have to have your foundation built. You have to have your foundation built where you're making money, your performance is strong before you can really hit that inflection point of growth, before you can even really invest in a lot of the brand areas. You know, you don't hear about companies that have beautiful brands that are not making money because they don't survive. So you have to have like your kind of resources and your foundation built. And that to me is a little bit about like how you kind of store up and preserve and, and build that, that foundation for growth that comes in spring. So a lot of that is what are your core areas that need to be built? When you look at a new team, you know, what needs to be put in place. And so that was a lot, you know, when I came to Lindio, the team was um, about 10 employees and we were really focused in, in our performance kind of demand marketing, some content around SEO, and we had a small PR team. So I knew having talked to the executive team and the CEO, what the vision of the company was. Once I was really clear on what the vision of the company was, then I could leverage some of my experiences in the past to think about what are the roles and disciplines that need to be put in place that will help you for growth in the future. One of those was lifecycle marketing. That was one of the ways that we were going to have to build so that as performance marketing, you hit these diminishing points of returns and in existing channels over time, you have to both diversify the channels, but also bring in prospects that can be nurtured over time. So those were some of the things that, you know, every good marketer understands all of these disciplines that are around, but you customize it to the company you're in and the moment you're in, knowing that it can change and needs to evolve. 
So winter is a lot about, I think, that building, gathering, preserving, making sure that you're planning for what you're going to need when that kind of growth moment starts to come. And it can be uncomfortable, right? Again, growth, all of that can stuff can feel really uncomfortable. That kind of change, especially at these points of growth companies, you know, a lot of times within marketing, what happens is people who had really broad roles as the team grows, those roles get a lot more narrowly defined, but get a lot deeper. That's different. That's hard, especially for companies who are earlier stage and, and just growing. So that's that, but that kind of discomfort will allow you to set up the organization for scale in the future. So yeah. yeah, it helps. I bet, I bet you've already kind of flipped the script on how I was thinking about winter. I was thinking winter, it's time to like hide away. It's time to not do anything. It's time to hibernate to further the metaphor. But the, going back to what you said quite early on was um, it's a time to prepare for growth. So thinking about those, those kinds of lull times, those kind of low times as a preparation for the, the upturn, I think is a, a great way of look, looking at it rather than thinking about, oh no, it's time to batten down the hatches and hide from the winter storm. Like now's the time to actually get things in place for when spring comes. So I really like that perspective, like flipping right. the script kind of thing. But yeah. how do you know when you're in the winter stage? Are there any kind of indicators you should be on the lookout for as a CMO or do you sort of plan in a winter stage and sort of how you move through cycles of growth and stuff like that? I mean, one of them is when when there is an inflection point of growth company coming. Again, if there is a spring ahead, mm-hmm. if the company is in that kind of phase where you want to invest for growth, Um, that's a clear indicator of taking a big perspective to see what is missing, what you need, what kind of resources you need to line up for that moment. Um, You know, there are, I think any, again, any marketer, any CMO could go to a whiteboard and kind of draw out what a, uh, the basic needs of an organization would look like, you know, what are the elements within marketing from your most data-driven performance marketer all the way to your most creative designer and everything in between. But how you build those resources for the moment with scale in mind, I think is kind of what you use winter for. That's how you start to prepare. You recognize that, there's, there's an opportunity for growth, that there's an organization that doesn't exist, that there is a collaboration or alignment with marketing and product that could be stronger. If you're in a B2B organization, you look and see that there is an opportunity within the sales organization for them to become even more marketing enabled. Those kind of awareness, like seeing where the pockets of potential growth, even if you're not in a massive growth stage company or um, season of growth, There are all those opportunities that you might identify. Those are opportunities where you can invest. That that is the kind of a a winter season where you can start to build up foundations. So so it's looking internally rather than externally, would you say, during winter? It's it's working on your internal processes, working on your team, working on your tech stack, that kind of thing. Right. And, you know, every, every CMO, when they come to an organization or promoted within, you should start with that kind of moment in time because it helps you to get closer to your team and where they are and the talents. And sometimes you'll find, you know, there are always people within the team who have this massive growth potential personally, 
And those are the those are the employees and team members you want to invest in individually to make sure that they have big opportunities and you can retain them. Um, sometimes there's people who have been in a role that are ready for a change and they want to learn some kind of uh, differentiation across marketing. That's a great opportunity. So the more you can, I think, start with getting to know your team and the resources and the talents and the opportunities. So that's one layer while having the whole context of the circumstances that what does the company need? You know, when sometimes you have employees or roles that fit a certain phase for the company, and now that role isn't as critical or needs to be evolved, or you need something altogether different. Um, I think assessing that, using that time period to assess and figuring out, I think is really powerful. Definitely, definitely. And not to labor the metaphor too much. Forgive me if I do labor this seasonal no, metaphor I love too it. much. I'm, I'm too much of a writer at heart, but um, yeah, the getting to know your team better. It's just like in winter, you have the festive season, you get to know your family, you get to know your nearest and dearest and spend time with them and develop those bonds. And I'm sure that's a, a that's a very important thing to do as a CMO with your team, uh, especially in circumstances if you're working with like a remote or a hybrid system where you're not in the room with people all the time. Having that sort of, I don't want to say lull time again, but having that time to be able to get to know your team's needs and how you can service them and improve them has got to be very, very important. Oh, well, I love that. I, I, I love the addition of the thinking of the holiday season because there is one piece of it too that I can, I can relate to. So, you know, Lindio, one of the things, you know, and I mentioned it as a, as a company that um, it was all around the paycheck protection loan, you know, and those were government obviously loans that everyone was aware of that were that was working to save small businesses during that crazy, crazy um, beginning of the pandemic. Um, had the company not had the culture in place, that it did then. And, and there were certain things that had just, there were certain things that I think no one would have could have possibly anticipated what was coming, but they had put a couple of things in place even before I got here that were critical. They built into um, resources around a business intelligence program to help with analytics. Uh, they had hired on a strategy resource that was really instrumental during PPP. And again, even me coming on board and thinking through all of those communications and how we can be on top of our, you know, our, our PR and all of our communications externally, all of that kind of was fortuitous, but it was built on a really strong mission and culture with the company. So when people started having to work late nights and weekends, which it was a wild time, they had some kind of reserves of culture already in place that allowed them to do that. People were passionate about the mission already because they had gone through kind of that winter season already together, which allowed them to, you know, head on into those, those phases of growth. So that's one of those things like investing to your point in yeah. culture, it sets you up. It just strengthens, strengthens the organization to allow you to ride any unexpected, um, and isn't the world full of unexpected things right now? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you're of heading course. into another down market. And so making sure that you have those reserves in place and a strong culture and people aligned around a mission is is really critical. For sure, for sure. But of course, one of the, one of the best ways to get through winter, I find, is to remember that spring is around mm -hmm. the corner and look forward to that. So let's talk, let's talk about spring now. So what, what do we mean by spring in terms of the seasons of CMO? That's, that is that kind of state of new, new growth, new 
opportunities, all of those things are starting to come to the light, right? Literally spring starts to feel lighter and brighter and smells better. And there's, you know, prettier things to look at. It's like all of your investment of time, that hard season that you've been through um, starts to live out into kind of results. You start to have accelerate and have momentum. And that's been, that's one of those things where when you start to hire people and you know, there's an onboarding time and there's a know that there's a time that they have to get into place. And then you start to even see your team members thrive. That is such a fun, like spring season. So again, even within it, I, I don't want to add complexity to the, the framework, but you know, within each season, you're looking to your point at yourself and what that means and how you lead the team. It, you look at the team, you look at the individuals on the team, all within the backdrop of the company and the market. And so there's kind of layers within it, but springtime is when people start to thrive. I think, in, in, and um, it's one, like when you start to have key roles that you put into place and then you start to see them hit their stride, it's so rewarding. It's just such a, it's just such a rewarding season. So, you know, Again, coming here to Lindio, I put into place a, a new marketing leadership team, kind of elevated that, that level. And there were a few months, you know, like your kind of typical 90-day period coming out of that 90-day period to see them thrive. That's the most rewarding thing, I think, as a leader to, is to build a team that is, you know, in many ways better than you and more expert than you are. And then they hit their stride. It's just, it's fun. I mean, that I, it just kind of bleeds into spring and summer about that kind of fun, fun season. But, you know, spring is just the beginning of that kind of growth and, and putting those, those um, pillars in place. And it's, it, it still takes work in spring as well. Like to, to continue with the metaphor, like you've got new shoots coming through, you've got new plant growth, but they don't just go off on their own. You need to pay attention to how things are growing, make sure they're growing in the right direction, make sure you haven't got weeds in the garden, make sure you haven't got any um, any diseases infecting things at the root. Like You still need to be on the ball as a CMO in that kind of stage. You said weeds, and that's exactly what I was thinking of. Wouldn't it be great if all of your flowers and garden grew without any weeds at all? <laughs> and, you know, the pruning, um, one of the hardest parts that I have learned over the years that everyone does in these leadership roles is when you're also looking at your team and, and you're, again, sometimes roles become redundant. Sometimes the role surpasses the skill set, and, um, and it's not something that can be kind of trained or up-leveled. And that's, that's the hard part because we're all marketers tend to be people. They, they feel passionate about people and customers. And so you're thinking about your own team, but a strong team, like the, the most amazing, talented people are going to be impacted by players that are not as strong on the team. And so I think sometimes there are seasons and, and that's one of those kind of ongoing things. You think about it in the season of spring and pruning and weeding and all that stuff. And I hate to apply that analogy to people, but it's really about the strength of the team. How does the team come together? And, and what are the elements of all the, the team? And sometimes that comes with the hard decisions of making changes. Sometimes there are people that, again, it's not a fit. And in almost all circumstances, if you are doing right by the customer and then the company and then the team and the individual and kind of in that order, 
and you are thinking about the individual, they are all the fit. They're almost always better served. I've never seen a situation where they don't end up finding a role that is a better fit for them at that moment in time. You know, companies are living and breathing and changing. So, I mean, you can tell it's a hard, it's a hard subject to talk about, but it's a real reality that I think, um, again, good leaders try and build really solid, good teams and are aware when there are changes that need to be made. Sure, especially since during a growth stage, um, it's not just going to be about just how the marketing team works. It's how it interacts with other parts of the business. So you need to be aware of how your team's developing in that respect, not just are they doing great in a silo, but are they growing and working more effectively with other departments and other stakeholders within the business? Exactly. And if there's anything that's true, it's again, if, if the faster you're growing, what you need now will be different in six months. And, and if you, it doesn't need to be radical reshaping all of the time and feel chaotic and, and, and frantic by any means, but how you shape and evolve and transition um, will change all the time. To your point, what, what's going on with other organizations within the company? What, what does the company need? And I think, again, that's the, that's the role of a CMO. I love marketing. And if I, I love to get down and actually do the marketing, right? That's one of the, I think the hardest parts is as you grow in your career and become a CMO, you get a little distance from the ability to do the day-to-day work that you were passionate about when you began in marketing, but you end up having that kind of broader vision that allows you to think about the teams that then build the marketing. And again, that's rewarding because if it's a good fit for the individual, then it's a good fit for the company. Like what a win all around for the customer. Um, So I think that's really one of those critical pieces is to make sure that as the CMO, the team you build is the biggest reflection on, I think, how you perform, like the team you build and their results. For sure, for sure. And then hopefully that team will be able to enjoy the sunny, lovely climbs of summer. So what does, what does summer mean? We've kind of talked about how it crosses over a little bit with spring, but let's talk about what summer actually means for a CMO. Besides yeah, being know, on the beach. Summer was when it, so yeah, it is, isn't that one of those times? Being in the beach would be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, summer for us too, when we were coming out, so, so the PPP loan program actually ended up lasting almost two years, right? So really the beginning of uh, March of 2020 through the end of 2021. And when we came out of that, it was such an interesting season because everybody thought, I'm going to take a big, deep breath because PPP is ending And that has been a wild time for the company. The whole company pivoted to make sure that we were servicing both the financial institutions and the lenders that we work with, but also the small businesses. Literally, when that first happened, people were working, sleeping at the office, working around the clock. It was a really intense season. So everybody was looking ahead thinking, you know, it, it, this is a kind of a prolonged, but they were thinking summer's coming. Even in my, in my mind, I thought this is going to end and we're going to now go back to the core business that we've always, you know, that's been underlying this all along. And it ended up that we had to unwind all of the PPP data that was mixed up with our marketplace data. We had to transition back. We needed to, you know, accelerate our sales on the marketplace side so quickly that there wasn't a pause. There wasn't a season of um, 
there was no relaxing. There was no beach. <laughs> it was right back to a different kind of hard. Yeah. And so I will say the summer piece of it was when you started to kind of the clouds were kind of parting and you were seeing what you were working with as we started to kind of get back into the rhythm and you had a month where you hit the aggressive targets that were set. It felt like a moment of celebration. Like summer doesn't actually last nearly as long as we always want it to be right. Don't we always think that it just flies by, Mm -hmm. but I think the best way to, to celebrate the summer and to feel it is when you are kind of recognizing and celebrating those moments, like really, really pay attention to the wins and and that's hard to do. I think really type A driven, you know, leaders just kind of marketing is like one of those businesses where it's like the goalpost moves, like just, you never have it. You never get to the point where you've like, I've done it. I have cracked <laughs> the code on Google because Google will change. Yeah. You know, There is none of that moment. So you have to forcefully look at your wins all along the way. That to me is, I think what summer should be, you know, making sure that you do like take a moment to see how far you've come and, and purposely prepare for like the next phase, knowing that there's always another thing coming. Like not only is the next season coming, but the whole thing's going to circle back around. <laughs> so I love the idea that summer is one of those like celebrate, recognize, reward, see how far you've come. Um, like take some pleasure in, in your success. For sure. And that, that's, that's incredibly important, particularly in, in difficult times. Like all too often, I feel like workers can feel not necessarily undervalued, but not getting the, the praise they've had. They, they, they should be getting uh, through, for getting through such difficult times. Um, but I also think summer could also be a good opportunity to take stock of what your, your rivals are getting up to, to, to go with the metaphor again, like summers when actually people are out and about and you see more people out and about. So you're going to see your competitors yes. out and about doing things as well. So it's a good time to see what their beach bods look like, see what they're drinking <laughs> in, the, in the park, that kind of thing. So true. So true. You know, and, and I think that fits perfectly to say, where are you placed? Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, within the company and recognizing those moments and how far you've come, but how does that look in relation to the market, you know, how, how are you positioned? How are you set up? Um, what are, what are kind of the, you know, it's it's like you start to head into that, you know, at the end of summer, that's traditional school is starting. I mean, that's one of my favorites. I mean, I, am not trying to jump ahead, but you and I've already talked about autumn. I love autumn. Autumn is (laughs) my favorite because you're looking ahead to, I mean, this is American football, but we have like our American football (laughs) starting and, you have your school beginning and I love that begins of the holiday season and Halloween and Thanksgiving. All it's what a fun time. It's just, again, it's like, I, I'm a big fan of autumn, big fan right? of autumn. Like, I, I like scarf weather. Like that's my thing. Like, I think I look very good in a scarf, but, I, but like but before we, before we start gushing too much about like the, the changing of the seasons and the leaves and stuff like that, let's focus on what, what autumn actually means for, CMOs in the seasons because I could talk about how much I love autumn all day, but let's talk about in the context of what we're here to here to discuss. So, what does Absolutely. what does autumn look like to a CMO? Well, and the reason I even got all excited about it is because I I think it really it's your perspective, and this is super important I think for a CMO as well or any any leader really, but um, it's your perspective. Like, what do you see? 
I think some people see autumn as kind of the dying off of so many things and like prep, you know, hunkering down for the winter ahead. And that feels like kind of this sad withering season. I don't look at it like that at all. I see the brilliance of the diversity of the colors. I see all of the things like activities. And so one of the things I think in your seasons, it's just like how we started when we talked about winter. You can look at winter as this like dark, cold, gray time, or you can look at it like, man, this is one of the only times of year you can do all of these outdoor winter sports. It's all your kind of perspective on it and how you lead the team and what your perspective is always filters down. So I think teams, you know, marketing teams are always looking to be inspired and to see the opportunity um, ahead. And so I look at Autumn for a CMO as one of those times where it's a transition. It's one of the most visibly transitional times. You know, it's, it's one where there's vibrance of, of colors and factors and I, just looking and seeing what all of the tools that you have and making sure your tools are all set up and, and, and ready. Because again, in a cycle, winter is ahead, but autumn is one of those where you can just take stock of all the variety of things that you're doing and celebrate it. There is no doubt that people need, like marketing is one of the most diverse organizations, I think, at a company. Again, I mentioned it already. You have your data-driven all the way to your most creative, and hopefully both of them have a piece of creativity and data in what they do. It's absolutely diverse. No other organization has that much diversity. Um, and so I think kind of looking at all of those tools and making sure that they're maximized is that opportunity. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, it, again, it, go, it goes back to the sort of perspective on things, doesn't it? Like if, if we had summer all the time, you wouldn't appreciate summer. So you kind of need those, that downtime, that, that, I keep saying lull. I'm trying to think of a better word for lull, but I'll stick with lull for now. You need those lull times to be able to really appreciate the, the the sunny times i suppose as well so yeah that, that you can't have a spring and a summer without an autumn and a winter and that's that's a beautiful thing about the seasons they all feed into each other and they all build on top of each other and they just keep going around this nice cycle which is an yeah. ho a hopeful thing i hope as well for a lot of cmos and a lot of people who have been through difficult times in business at the moment so right. yeah and, and i always think the thing that you think about in the marketing world it's one of the things i love about it is that if you are not actively, like very deliberately working to stay ahead and, and change and evolve, and that's, you know, understanding the latest technology, understanding the latest ways of um, attributing brand value, looking to see what new channels are popular for your customers, what new channels are, have emerged, understanding all of the kind of the attribution and the way that evolves, like everything I have just mentioned, and it's just the tip of the iceberg is always changing and always evolving. So if you as a marketer are not actively, deliberately, purposefully trying to better yourself and better your team, then you will fall behind. And so I think it's like a fun place to be because you always have a push. You always have a push that you can't just ever get comfortable as a marketer. Something will change. Again, uh, you know, Google will change. The algorithms will change. The market will change. 
something unexpected will happen, like the pandemic. I and mean, who knows? So marketing is one of those that you have to stay agile, responsive. Um, you deal with ambiguity all the time. The people who thrive in that kind of ambiguous environment and can make connections and create good, clear paths out of what can feel like chaos. Those are the CMOs I think that are really differentiated because it is hard. It is hard to understand brand value. It is hard in an organization when you have a sales team as a partner and you know you have that very traditional stereotypical kind of friction between leads and claims and all of those things. That's hard. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard between marketing and product and how do you have more, uh, product marketing and what does your product development cycle look like? And is it linear or do you actually have a cycle? That's all hard, but that's all like normal hard. That's just comes with the job hard. <laughs> so I think, again, that's why I love seasons. I love like taking a step back. I love kind of riding the waves and looking ahead because that's all the normal hard. It's going to be hard to be a CMO. And, but to like thrive within it and to see the patterns and to understand that you, there's two different like angles at minimum on every situation. I think that's what kind of allows the CMOs to differentiate. I hate it a little bit when we, people talk about how the CMO role is the most turned over, you know, um, role within the C team. And I've started to think, why, why is that? You know, and what is the differentiator? Because not all CMOs are like that mm -hmm. and not all companies are like that. I do think it's sometimes that the companies are in their own growth stages and they need certain types of CMOs for different periods. But I, I think some of the greatest CMOs are the ones who know all of those seasons, have experienced seasons with the company. They have the broader perspective. They have that ability to stretch and pull and understand how to pull in resources. That will create, I think, longevity for the CMO position even. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent, Karen. Because I, I, I was about to ask, like, is there a way we can sort of summarize everything we've discussed? But you've you've done it very well there, Karen. That was great. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a challenge for CMOs, but it's a challenge that you've got to meet to be able to succeed in in modern business. Like, it's not just the CMO role that's changing; business as a whole is changing. The way that people work is a changing, which means the way that we market to them. If you're in a B two B company, for example, is going to change massively. So. Yeah, right. it's it's a challenging time, but it's an exciting time to be a marketer. I feel, and particularly to be a CMO, because you get to you get to ride at the top and see that everything that's going on with all the changes, and hopefully respond to them as well. Um, right. So, Karen, thank you very much for joining us today. I know you do have another way of applying this framework to sort of like CMO career paths. I hope we can talk about that in a future episode because I don't think we've got time for it today, but it sounds like a very, very interesting way of thinking about career paths and one that our audience will absolutely love. Um, and I'm sure they loved today's conversation as well. Um, so thank you once again, Karen, for joining us. Um, if you've got any final words for our audience, now's the time to share them. Well, you know, what you just said to, thank you for having me, first of all, and what you just said to around challenging and rewarding, I think the power is in the and, mm -hmm. right? And the fact that it can be both challenging and rewarding, right? It can feel like it's hard and there's opportunity there. It can feel uh, like there's kind of ambiguity and, you know, the beginnings of clarity, so I think that is one of those things, if I were to sum up, um, 
that, that powerful and gets you from season to season and keeps you the ability to have that kind of broad perspective. So, um, you said it and I'm just reflecting it back, but I really think that that's a powerful, that's like a powerful thing to think about as, as we wrap it up is that there's a lot of, and, in all of these things you can be, um, you can, you can see both, both sides. Excellent, excellent. And I'm sure our audience is thinking very hard about that and right now. Um, so thank you very much to our audience for joining us. Um, we'll be back soon with some more CMO combos.